So good morning. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are like me, but I like uh, smooth sailing. What I mean by smooth sailing, when I'm out on the lake or uh, in the ocean, I like it smooth, right? So before I start speaking and sharing the word from the word this morning, I wanted to share something about my week. Um, who knows what the word whining means? You know what that means? Okay. So I found myself whining a little bit uh, this week uh, with God. Um, you know, wrestling with Him about some stuff that um, I'm finding myself having to walk through and um, not seeing breakthrough in some areas that I thought by now I should be getting some breakthrough uh, in some of that stuff. So I managed to work myself up a little bit and um, just... Um, out of a place, just saying, God, like, where, where are you in this? You know, what, what, what are you doing in this? When, when is there going to be breakthrough um, that I'm hoping for? So, after sharing a bit with my wife, who always gives me good counsel, I went to bed, and uh, during the evening, I just, as I was uh, rolling around, I just sensed God speak one word to me, and that was persevere. One word, that was persevere. Keep going, keep trusting. In season and breakthrough will come. So I wanted to share that with you guys this morning just to encourage you. If you're trusting, if you're standing in a place of faith for God, if you're in a season, persevere, push on. Because in season, God's going to bring the breakthrough and he's going to bring a harvest. Um, and something that really stuck out to me um, when I was thinking about this was um, it's in the waiting and the persevering that God is doing a deep work in us. It's, it's actually in that waiting and that persevering that God is doing uh, a work in us, that is preparing us and setting us up uh, for that breakthrough. In James 1 verse 4, it, it says it like this, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking in anything. So, it's the perseverance, it's the pushing that sort of gets you through there, right? So this was my revelation. The stuff that I'm having to walk through is the very stuff that God is using to prepare me for the breakthrough and the harvest. So that's not what I'm talking about this morning. That was just something I, uh, I wanted to share with you guys. Um, so anyway, this morning I wanted to talk about disappointment. Um, I think it's an important topic because disappointment can be like a thorn um, that breaks off in your foot. And it's something uh, that you need to pay attention to. If you don't, that thorn will start hindering the way that we walk, right? Um, and if it gets infected, potentially it can stop you uh, from walking. So it is something um, that we need to, in our lives, take. If we are in disappointment, if we have uh, even been offended, it's something that we need to, to sort of deal with um, because it will have uh, consequences in our lives. So let me tell you a story. About 15 years ago... Um, I was in an awesome, uh, crazy season with God. 
Um, I, was, I felt like I was living on the edge. I, was, I felt I was moving cities. I was moving jobs. Uh, God was speaking to me a lot prophetically. Um, I literally felt like I was running around with my hair on fire. It wasn't really on fire. Yeah, no, it wasn't really on fire. It just, it felt like that. I, I was just in a real intimate and good place uh, with God uh, in the season. And uh, I, uh, I read this book that's, that, uh, that had such an, a powerful impact on me that I, uh, I, uh, it had such a profound, it just spoke to my heart. And uh, the author of the book uh, was based out of the UK in England. And, it, and I thought, well, you know, I, I looked them up and I saw they, they, they offered some courses. And uh, I said to myself, that's it. I'm going to go. It had such a profound impact that I quit my job, bought my ticket, and I went to the UK, right? And let me back up just a little bit. So five years before that, I just sensed God was really... Uh, doing a work of preparation in my heart, that he was just establishing some things in my life. So the way I figured this thing is that, okay, so he's been preparing me and building this stuff in my life, and now this door has opened up and I'm going to the UK. So I went there with such great expectation, such an anticipation. You know how it goes. This is going to be the beginning of the rest of my life of what God's going to be doing, you know. So I was super excited. To say, nonetheless, I got to England, I started laying down foundations as if I was going to build for a long time because I, I felt like this was a season and I started putting down some really deep foundations. So to cut a long story short, the next two years were nothing that I expected. I found myself back in South Africa depressed, crushed, and even at times suicidal. Um, I was shell-shocked. It, it, it really got pretty bad for me, uh, just as I, I tried to come to terms with, with what had just sort of taken place in my life that I had so much hope and so much expectation for. In this place... Um, because I was back inside, I didn't have a job, so I, I, um, I had a lot of time to think. And the enemy just started leaning on me. And uh, it's funny, he said the same thing that he said to Eve in the Garden of Eden. He said to me, did God really say? Did he really say? And in that place, you know, I, um, I started agreeing with him. And I was like, you know what? I stepped out in faith. I jumped off the edge and he dropped me and he wasn't there for me. In that season, a part of my heart died to God. I was not trusting. I was not believing. I grew in cynicism like a cancer uh, in my heart. I stepped away from God and I held him at a distance. He was always there, but I didn't trust him anymore. He would woo me and draw me closer. And sometimes I'd think, maybe I should step towards him. And as I tried, this rage and this toxic emotion would just come right out of me, which would just push me back. I still went to church. 
but the dream was dead. The fire had gone, and my heart had become like a stone. So, this morning, if you have a Bible, if you would turn with me to Luke 24, there's this story about Cleopas. Let me just say that Cleopas is one of my heroes. And I'll tell you why at the end, why Cleopas is one of my heroes. So just some context uh, to Luke 24. The resurrection had just taken place. Um, Mary and some of uh, her friends had gone to the tomb and they had discovered that Jesus was, was not there. They encountered some angels and the angels said to them, why are you looking for him here? He has risen. And they ran back to the, to, to the 11 disciples and uh, told them. So some of the disciples ran and they found what he was speaking. What, what, what Mary had said was true. And then suddenly from this point in the story, it goes from that to in verse 13, it goes directly into the story about Cleopas and his friends that are walking to Emmaus. So if you want to follow me in your Bible, um, and bear with me, it's a chunk of scripture, but hang in there and listen to it, it's really good. The same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But, but, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that, has, that have happened there in the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and our religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Um, let me jump to verse 25. Then Jesus said to them, to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. By this, by this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it. Totally lost my space. 31, thank you. As they sat down um, to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave thanks 
He gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. So here we have this story of Cleopas encountering Jesus on the way to Emmaus. I wanted to share some insights on this passage from a favorite teacher, the favoritest teacher of mine in this season. So if you'll follow with me just a little bit back, I'm saying back, but I'm actually going to Acts. So Acts is sort of forward in the Bible, but in time we're actually going to go back a little bit. So Acts 1 verse 4, on one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be, baptizing. you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and said to him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So here we have Jesus telling them not to leave Jerusalem, right? So where is Cleopas going? Remember, Jerusalem was really the place of promise. It was a place of purpose. It was the center of what Jesus was doing at that time. And uh, Cleopas was traveling from there, Jerusalem, to Emmaus. So again, why is Cleopas going to Emmaus if Jesus had told him to stay in Jerusalem? So I think here is a clue in verse 21. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. Remember in Acts 1.6, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? It seems as if Cleopas had an idea or expectation of what that looked like. I think Cleopas thought Jesus was going to be like Moses, and he was going to rescue them from the Romans, and they were going to overthrow the government, and they were going to be the, the, the main guys in charge, right? He didn't expect Jesus, the Messiah, to die. He didn't. He didn't expect it. But Jesus was dead. They all saw him die. So this was a moment in time. This was the most important moment in human history. Jesus had opened up all eternity and heaven for all mankind. The most glorious moment in human history. A profound moment in time. Sin, death, dealt with forever. God's perspective. But at the same time, there was this human perspective. And sometimes God can be doing a work in our hearts and our lives. And we're still walking around going, you know, I just don't know if uh, God's going to come through uh, for me, you know. Is there anyone who can relate? I really thought God was going to give me the job, give me the breakthrough, give me the wife, 
And the list goes on. This whole story is that they had hope in circumstances turning out a certain way. They had hoped that this was going to turn out a certain way. And they were disappointed because the circumstances didn't turn out as they expected. They had an expectation of Jesus. He was the Messiah. He was going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And they had an idea of what that looked like. And they were disappointed. Because it didn't look anything like they were expecting. So what can we learn uh, from this encounter with Jesus um, and Cleopas on his way um, to Emmaus? He will pursue you. He will pursue you. In verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. This is the resurrected Jesus, right? He could be doing anything. He could be doing anything. And if I was Jesus, I may have been in Jerusalem, you know, showing myself to somebody else. This is Jesus Christ. And he is also on the road to Emmaus. Jesus Christ is pursuing his friends even though they're going the wrong way. Jesus could have been like, dude, I told you to stay in Jerusalem. Right? But now you're going to miss it. I'm sorry, man. I told you to stay. You're going to miss it. But he's not doing that. He's walking with his friends. Saying, hey guys, what's going on? Where, where you're at? What's going on here? Jesus will pursue you, even if you're going the wrong way. And I think of that song we sang this morning. And I took a picture of it because I think it's so, so true and so right. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down coming after me. God will pursue you wherever you go. Remember, Cleopas didn't recognize Jesus. God had hid him from them. Jesus could have been, hey guys, it's me, Jesus. I'm alive. Let's go back to Jerusalem. But he didn't do that. Jesus had to reveal uh, to Cleopas something about his perspective um, of the circumstances. Number two, God will reveal. If you look in verse 25, you find it uh, in verse 25, you find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 
This is amazing. Jesus meets Cleopas where he's at. And he says to Cleopas, I get your perspective. But let me take some time and show you in the scriptures that things turned out exactly how they were supposed to do. He took the time to explain and show Cleopas that what had just taken place, it was supposed to take place. And it happened just the way it was spoken about throughout um, the whole Old Testament. Third thing. Actually, let me go back. If you will choose to journey with Jesus in your disappointment or on your road um, to Emmaus, he will talk to you. And he will reveal stuff to you in the scriptures. And he will show you where he's at in that process and in that picture. Number three, he'll commune with you. Verse 28, as they approached the village, Jesus walked on ahead, telling them he was going on to a distant place. They urged him to remain there and pleaded, stay with us. If you're in a place of disappointment, the first step to healing is, Lord, stay with me. Lord, stay with me. Invite Jesus in. Human tendency is a bit like, you know what? I'm, I'm actually angry. I'm done. You know, I, uh, actually, I think I'm going to take a break. And we want to isolate. That's the first thing we want to do. We want to isolate. So we want to isolate. And what's the, what is the first strategy of the enemy, right? That's right. Is to isolate you. But God invites us to commune with him in every season. Don't you think it's funny? It's when they ate together that their eyes were opened. In that place of communion and relationship. This tells us about his culture. Jesus was all about communion and relationship. It, was, it wasn't just all this religious stuff in the temple, right? It's connection. It's let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Let's be real with each other. And let's share a meal. And it's at that place that the revelation came. It's at that place that the, revel that the revelation came. It's Jesus. It's in that place of communion and relationship and fellowship. Number four, he will ignite you. Verse 32, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? During this time of communion, something drastically changes in their hearts. In fact, it was so dramatic, they were so impassioned that they ran all the way back to Jerusalem at night. Remember, I said uh, Cleopas is one of my heroes. 
He's one of my heroes because he got over disappointment quick. He could have hung on to disappointment a little like I did. Jesus, I gave up a lucrative fishing business for you. Have I not done everything you've asked me to do? Right? But he didn't. Instead, he picked himself up and ran back to the place of promise. He ran back to the place of promise. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter what has happened, no matter how much you're hurting, do not harden your heart. Invite Jesus in. Say, Lord, I don't understand, but I invite you in. Stay with me. Choose to journey with Jesus through the situation and through the disappointment. And commune with him. And if you commune with him, the fire of God will ignite you again. And he will set you ablaze and you will have the strength and the faith to return to the place of promise. Commune with him. If Cleopas didn't return to Jerusalem, he may have missed what God had for him. Don't let disappointment rob you. It paralyzes you. It keeps you on the sidelines. I almost did. But God would not stop pursuing me. He would not stop pursuing me. Remember that story I told you in the beginning that got me uh, into that big mess when I got back from the UK? That was my perspective. That was my perspective. You know what God's perspective of that time was? My son, you asked me for a good wife. One that can journey with you in all that I have for you. I found her. I knew her. She was on the other side of the world. And I've been working very hard to bring you both together. My father, the creator of the entire universe, was orchestrating and bringing together thousands of events to introduce me to my wife. I always asked God for the right wife. And he was doing it all for me. And I didn't see or recognize what he was doing because I had the wrong perspective and idea of what I thought God was doing in that season. It took an act of God's mercy to refocus my eyes that I could see her. If he didn't, I believe I would have missed the opportunity. And that alone is a whole another story for another day. So you know, we all travel this road to Emmaus every now and then. I believe this morning that God wants to speak to us if we're on the road to Emmaus.
However, there are some other reasons that we may be on this road. Perhaps unforgiveness. Perhaps weariness. I'm tired. I'm done. I can't persevere anymore. Actually, you know what? I don't. I don't want to persevere anymore. Doubt, unbelief, perhaps even sin. Whatever the reason, Jesus will come alongside us this morning. So, I would like to somehow make an opportunity for ministry uh, this morning. Um, and just make an opportunity for, for people to respond. Um, Perhaps while I've been sharing this morning, the Lord's highlighted something in your heart, something you were holding on to, something you were trusting for, something that you don't trust Him for anymore, and perhaps you've given up on that dream. So I think let's pray, and uh, we can go from there. Right here? Come on up, Mike. Father, thank you that you, uh, that you love us. I thank you, Father, that you will always <clears throat> pursue us wherever you go. I just ask, Lord, if you would come. I just ask, Holy Spirit, if you would come. I just ask, Lord, if you would uh, speak to people's hearts. I just want to just take 15 seconds. If God has been stirring your heart, uh, I'm just going to take 15 seconds to just allow you um, to respond to God in a way that only you can. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I think there can be a simple exchange this morning. With you and Jesus on the road uh, to Emmaus. Maybe it's disappointment. Only you know. I was going to pray a prayer and if... If you want, you can pray this quietly uh, to yourself. Lord, I invite you into the situation. Lord, would you come? Would you commune with me? Lord, I surrender this to you. Lord, I surrender this to you. Lord, I release it to you. Lord, I release it all to you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for every person that prayed this prayer this morning. I thank you, Father, as they've taken a step towards you, Lord. Would you just pour out 
of your heart to pour out of heaven right now upon their lives. Would you meet them where they're at, Lord? Would you encounter them, Lord, this morning? Would you unburden them, Father? Would you bring restoration, Lord? Would you remove thorns this morning? Would you bring restoration to people's hearts and people's lives? Would you bring clarity again, Father? Would you bring truth again, Father? Would you take down the lies and the distortions and bring revelation to them? Lord, would you ignite them again this morning? That place, Father, where the enemy has tried to rob, would you set it ablaze? Would you stir in them, Lord, just that hope and that trust and that faith again? Lord, your, your banner over us is faithfulness. You are faithful every day, every month, every year, year after year. You are faithful. Would you declare your promises, Lord, over their lives? Like you sang over us this morning, Lord, would you remind them? Would you shout out, Lord, the promises, the dreams that you have over them? Would you stir it and set it ablaze again that they can run by the power of your Spirit into the fullness of of everything that you've promised them. Pour out upon their lives this morning, Lord. Pour out upon their lives, even now, Holy Spirit. Only you can do this stuff in our hearts. Only you can do this stuff in our hearts. And I just, I just want to pray um, or give an opportunity We've been talking about God pursuing us this morning. Is He pursuing you this morning? Is He stirring your heart this morning? Is He calling you this morning? He will never stop pursuing you. He will never stop pursuing you. He loves you. Perhaps you've never responded to that pursuing of his heart. I just want to give everybody an opportunity this morning to respond to Jesus. To respond to his call and his stirring and his pursuing of your life. He'll never stop. want to make an opportunity this morning to pray a simple prayer. It is just a simple prayer. So with every eye closed, if you want to pray that simple prayer, I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. 
While every eye is closed, I simply ask you to raise your hand quickly and put it down again so that I know that there's somebody I'm praying with this morning. Awesome. Father, we love you. We thank you that you always pursue us. That you always pursue every part of our hearts and our lives. I pray for every person this morning that this week they will walk in a greater revelation of how much you love them and the promises that you've set over their lives and how faithful you are to bring those to completion. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks, guys.